Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Pulp Revelators. Uh, tonight we're going to go ahead and talk about all the new announcements that came out from the Disney investors meeting last week. Um, as an investor of Disney, I was very happy. I was also very happy to see the stock spike up over the past week. It's been pretty exciting to see that. Um, I'm looking forward to retiring well if they keep doing things like this. Um, so I guess the first thing we want to go ahead and talk about is uh the announcement about the the new Fantastic Four movie. So, yeah, so uh, who wants to start off with their thoughts on that? I just want to start off with something I saw on the internet that I just kind of thought was hilarious. Okay, we'll do that know, instead. Well, you know, they've been, for the last year, they've been talking about who could play Reed Richards, and it's always been Krasinski. So, mm-hmm. a, a picture came out this week of what people thought could be done to fix, or as an article, could fix the Fantastic Four. They had... Kate Mara playing the Invisible Woman's character. They had um, Chris Evans reprising his role as a torch. Michael Chiklis's thing. And then it was just like an artist rendering of nobody specific for Reed Richards. Like they have no idea how to plug that gap. Because there, there's been a lot of, uh, now that they're really seriously announcing it, they've talked about it, there's a lot of fan kickback on Krasinski. They, we don't feel he's right for the role or whatever. And, yeah, I'm all for him. I think he'd be great yeah. as it. I think he would too. Yeah, he, he's the easy pick, right? I mean, I think everybody would be happy with that. I mean, I know I've heard a lot of people say they don't think he's old enough. That you know, Reed Richards has the graying, you know, temples and that kind of thing. And I heard some some one of the Marvel writers wrote this week that they thought John Cusack would be really good in that role. Oh, like that. No. <laughs> It would be really hard to get him fully in the screen with his arms stretched up, holding a (laughs) boombox. Well, what about the what about the fact that you know they've Marvel's kind of told the Fantastic Four stories a couple of different ways? And remember, we had a young Reed Richards, right? Not not so you know recently. It was it was recently they just did that. So they could go young and tell a different story. I think you'd be missing a lot of backstory doing it because everything kind of feeds into it, but. I think they've also drawn Reed Richards lately to look a lot like John Krasinski. They have. <laughs> just like, just like John Krasinski. And, so, and yeah. the thing about Krasinski too, is that if you go, you know, with a combo casting and cast Emily Blunt as Sue Richards, then you've got them both together. Yeah. You know, that's always been the idea. Yeah. And, I mean, well, and you're not just doing a lip service there. They're both fantastic actors or actor and actress. I mean, they do great work. Indeed. And yeah. they've done it together. You know, A Quiet Place is a phenomenal movie. I like it a lot. Yeah. Well, what about the idea of, so, I mean, how big do they go? Do we actually do the Marvel formula and do character development? Because we've seen an attempt at character development with a mediocre at best Doctor Doom. We've seen that twice. They tried to tackle Silver Surfer, and I think they just bombed that. Yeah. how, How big do they go? In, in my head, I just keep thinking that sometime in Ant-Man 3 while they're surfing around in the uh, quantum realm or the quantum verse or quanticopia or whatever they call it, <laughs> that uh, that they're just going to pop out of a ship out of one of the transits. And they're going to show up and everyone's going to go, who the hell are these guys? You know, what I mean, it's going to be these it's going to be the four of them. And 
they kind of tell a little bit of backstory and then it goes, it'll go into an origin story when they get to their own movie or if it ever even does. But I kind of see them kind of dropping in like that personally. And then I think when they get to their own movie, it's going to be huge. I mean, I think well, that was your idea is really cool because with that, they could bring the adversary with them. Mm, you know, right. Like, they could be battling that and doing that on their own. And suddenly at the end of the movie, holy crap, this is a fantastic you know, four. And we thought we beat the bad guy. I hear someone even 10 times worse that's come from another multiverse. So there's well, no the, way. I mean, if, if they, they crapped the bed with the first Fantastic Fours, right? You know, and yeah. Galactus, who who could be one of the major big bads, that was was a nothing. Oh yeah, and so now you've got the chance for either Galactus or Doctor Doom, you know, to to really be one of the main driving bad guys, and you gotta at some point that's got to happen. And we know Kang is coming, right? Because he was announced. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. there's there's nothing stopping them from. We've seen the team up of the good guys. There's nothing stopping them from doing a team up of the bad guys because right. a lot of those characters are connected. No, and with Galactus, if they do it well, it, it could set up like the whole like another phase where this is the lead in. Um, and I'm thinking back to um, Warren Ellis's uh, Galactus trilogy in the Ultimates where Galactus was this completely foreign thing, but it took like three different series to get you to see Galactus. Um, and it was completely different. Like he really, you know, Ellis, uh, despite the issues that go on with Warren Ellis currently and the things that came out about him, he was a brilliant writer, especially when it comes to that, like out of, how can I best describe it? When I read his work, it, it reminds me of the report that was talked about in Michael Crichton's sphere. When they talk about alien contact and sphere, um, they always talk about how we, anthropomorphize uh most aliens that we see like even even like the one from the alien movie it's completely foreign pops out of your body like a wasp but it's still bipedal has two arms walks on for all four sometimes you know and in sphere they talk about how you know the alien may exist on a completely different wavelength that's can't compete with it isn't compatible with human life so it's mere presence could kill you or it could be a race that instead of being visual animals like us they're based purely on sound so it's something completely foreign to us and he kind of did that with galactus instead of galactus being this really tall standing guy it was a swarm um and then years later a writer came by and took the Galactus from the 616 universe and dumped them in the ultimate universe. And then he combined with the swarm and it was like a combination of Galactus and this swarm. And I'm like, that would be brilliant for a movie. Um, like your first introductions to Galactus is this swarm coming to the planets. Um, so, and that's what I like about the MCU so far. And I'll probably repeat a thousand times over is they take, chunks of different stories it's like the writers and the creators they go back and read all this history and they cherry pick bits and pieces from it and then they create these stories that have hints of everything that i've read before but they do it in a new way that's refreshing and sometimes better i mean the whole thanos thing like they they pulled thanos out of the you know they went back and pulled all these different stories together and it was all different the same thing with uh, a great example is the third season of daredevil they essentially did born again but they pared it down they made it so it could be accessible 
but still really, really great story. So um, that that's like, I would love that. That's what I'm hoping with, with these new phases, especially when they introduced Fantastic Four and the X-Men um, eventually. But it's kind of, uh, that's what I like about the MCU is they do that. So that that's kind of like my dream is Galactus as the villain, but it takes a while yeah. for him to get here. Yeah, I want them to start now with Doctor Doom. I think you already got the scrolls introduced. Mm-hmm. Bring yep. in Super Scroll, you know, like yep. I think that would be the perfect villain to start off a fantastic yes. four. Yeah, make him have to figure out, you know, someone like Galactus. Galactus. Yeah, don't Galactus. waste Doom like they did the Red Skull. Like the Red yeah. Skull was <laughs> yeah. like one movie and done. Yeah. And he came back briefly during Doom, Endgame. You didn't like his camera in Endgame? Right, it's true. He was in Endgame too. Yeah, he came back briefly because he's that embodiment. But he was always like the Lex Luthor to Captain America. But I guess without Captain America, now it's a moot point. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that later. The the build up to Thanos in the in that the first waves of movies, Thanos was never never really showed up big time until Infinity Wars. Right? I mean, we saw teases of him here and there, you know, and so that was really a cool way to do it. So it doesn't. Oh, sorry. Good. No, go ahead, Mark. <clears throat> I mean, doesn't Galactus almost need someone else to help him? I mean, he's not a compelling persona other yeah. than being huge and eating planets. It's not. He always has the Herald. Yeah, he's always got the Silver Surfer or somebody, right? He's, he needs someone else to do the talking for him. I mean, because he, he'd be kind of a boring villain in of himself. <laughs> I mean, other than just being this enormous CGI yeah. monster right. that comes down. I mean, there's not going to be a whole lot of back and forth. <laughs> So it's I feel like, like they need someone to introduce the threat of him that gets followed up, but he can't really be the major through right. line, right? Like Dormammu and Doctor Strange, right? You're like, oh, okay. You know, like... <laughs> I have yet- some ideas if they introduce them as, like, an, like, a more experienced team. They could have it so that they show, like, a glimpse of a different universe in the Multiverse of Madness, but, like, in the universe, it's, like, the Baxter building or something. And basically, it's like the normal MCU universe, MCU universe. But instead of the Avengers, there are there are no Avengers, but there is the Fantastic Four, and they've basically been dealing with the problems that the Avengers have. And my other idea is that they could have them be in the normal MCU, but they're off in space or something, because mm-hmm. they do go into space a lot in the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think your idea, Brooks, of the multiverse introduction is spot on. And that man, I could really that would be awesome. I like your idea. And we know it's coming, right? It's coming. It's been this they've told us the new the next Spider-Man three, WandaVision, and Doctor Strange are all gonna be multiverse, you know, madness kind of uh, things. Yeah, can you imagine can you imagine though that how this is gonna culminate? Because it always culminates. Yeah, we're getting a couple of really cool stories and little tastes of what we're going to see, but this has got to culminate to something big, right? Got to culminate. Culminate. At the end, they're just going to pull a uh, a DC uh, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth and just wipe the universe and restart. Yeah, they might. might You were going to say that every villain's uh, mother's name was Martha. (laughs) I mean, they might actually get a DC movie right by that time. So that might. And if the rumors about Spider-Man 3 are true, then they could also have the Task Four come out of one of those two Spider-Man's universe. 
Right. Well, they had that, or they could pull a uh, also a Captain Marvel, where her film was really late in the game, but she already existed prior to all this, but just kind of in her own world. You you could have the Fantastic Four running around, and they didn't do, they never did anything cosmic and got on the map until suddenly this big cosmic story hits. Like, or Spider Man was the same way; he was already swinging around when he appeared in Civil War. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be the whole premise of the Eternals, or two, right? I mean, they've they've been there forever throughout mm-hmm. everything and seen all this stuff. I yeah, didn't thought about what kind of like with these characters that have had multiple movie runs before. They're like, all right, the origin's been done. We're skipping over the origin and right. just running into what's going on now. Yeah, well, the idea out. that Brooks, the idea that Brooks just shared of, I never really thought about. They've got three different films or three different options of introducing the fantastic four just in this next phase yeah. i was thinking absolutely has to come out of dr strange but until he just said that i didn't think man spider-man because they're doing a multiverse mm-hmm. and wild divisions connected to dr strange yeah. so we know all three of them are dealing with the multiverse and i had until this moment i hadn't thought about that man what that's going to keep us guessing and i think so i'm going to take a quick second to step back here because, you know, as we always do, we're kind of down a wormhole, you know, for, for these these big announcements. Um, one thing that you will quickly learn uh, if you watch one of our, our Pulp Revelators episodes, very few people keep their name, what, they, what it actually is, for very long. Um, but I want to – so step back. You know, I'm, I'm Michael Valiant. We've got Mark and Brooks Mangold. Um, we've got Reed Richards, also known as Gary Skirka. We've got Tim Laramore, also known as Tim. <laughs> we've got Dustin, um, also known he as... is Bob. sitting creepily in a car right now. <laughs> you guys were wondering. <laughs> well, I am part of the COVID compliance police, so uh, I'm making sure right now, you know. I'm just waiting for you that You must bank be by close. yourself out there. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm just I've waiting for the out to pull so I can rob it. Yeah. <laughs> and, we've, and we've got Zach as COVID compliance, man. Whoa. You can't just give up people secret identities. That's not <laughs> yeah, cool, dude. <laughs> clearly, clearly, you're Zach Snyder. Uh-huh. <laughs> Our celebrity guest. But, so, I don't even know what Zach Snyder looks like. I'm going to change my Facebook profile picture to one of Zach. <laughs> so everybody knows what he looks like. So, so last week, literally a week ago, uh, Disney hinted that, that lots of big announcements were coming for their investor day. And by the evening, by this time in the evening, I think Gary Skirka was blowing up our texts with one thing after another, after another, after another that was announced. And we realized- Might've been excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about. So, um, they dropped, you know, everything from the MCU Disney Plus series to movie announcements to we haven't even touched Star Wars yet. Um, but uh, if we stick with the MCU and and move down to to COVID compliance, man, we'll kind of go around the screen and talk about. So, what is it of the of the trailers of the announcements of the series? What are you most excited about, COVID man? Are we still just, we're just talking about Marvel right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Moon Knight. Uh, I think that I think Moon Knight is is what 
I haven't really looked too much into the, the Marvel stuff yet, but I think Moon Knight, that's, uh, I think if they pull that off, that'll be, uh, that'll be, that could be along the lines of like a Deadpool movie because Moon Knight's kind of crazy. He's, uh, I think that could make an interesting movie. But neither. And, and okay. Kevin Feige actually uh, teased it in an interview. He said it's kind of be like an Indiana Jones type. There's going to be an adventure aspect to it. And you've got his uh, dissociative personalities are, are going to factor into that big time too. So I think it's going to be zany for sure. And a good actor tabbed already to play him, right? It's it's Oscar Isaac from with Poe Dameron, correct? Yep. Allegedly. Oh, Allegedly. I mean, he's they, they keep saying yes, he keeps hinting, but have you guys seen a, like an official release? No. They, they didn't couple that with the big announcements, though. Right. In, in an article with, with Figgy as interviewed, um, they've mentioned him. So Right. Now, I've got to think that the contract's not signed yet, but he's their guy. I mean, he's yeah. still negotiating. I, I think that, I think that he's earned a more than earned a shot at it. And I think yeah. that uh, man, when, when Keanu Reeves kind of fell, the idea of him kind of fell by the wayside. I think he's a great casting. I think now so too. Now Keanu could be Reed. We don't know that. All, all they know is that, that would be great. Yeah. Man, they keep hinting that they're, they're trying to get him into something, but he I'd love to see something. Him. Yeah, he will. Well, he's he's been busy too because he's he's filming the Matrix right now, isn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, also heard he, they're doing another Constantine movie with him. I don't know if that's rumor or if that's fact, but I heard. Movie that. Or yeah, I heard. I thought it was a series. There was a movie. Is about that right? Constantine? I, yeah. I think it's like a like a Hulu series, like something more intense, like what we, we're used to seeing now. Mm-hmm. And either way, I, if I they ever do the Sentry, I think that's where he would be. Honestly, a great fit. Keanu Reeves as the Sentry, but I don't know if they'll ever do that. <laughs> you never know who they're grabbing out of the, the the universe. So, Wandalorian, uh, what are you most excited about besides uh, by the parking lot? Yeah, you know, just keeping things clear. Um, <laughs> I am more excited. Surprisingly, I'm actually more excited about Star Wars stuff. But when it comes to Marvel. Uh, I'm excited for Hawkeye, you know? I think uh, just the... what It's the same thing I keep seeing over again. You know, like, what I like about The Mandalorian is kind of this father-child relationship. What I liked about, you know, Punisher, what I liked about, you know, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is this kind of relationship. And to know that pretty much going to be Hawkeye, that kind of, like, adventure is going to happen. And Hawkeye is always one of those, like, it's not going to be, like, a world-ending thing. You know, it's going to be a ground-level kind of adventure that matters to them. And that's what I like. So, that's that, honestly, that's the show that I'm most excited for. Except that's not what, coming out till almost this time next year, correct? Right. Fall, yeah. Fall 2021. Well, I think yeah. that one of the cool things about that idea is what it sets up. because. I mean, I feel like they've been setting up the Young Avengers for a long time. Yeah. And I think that with Miss Marvel now making an appearance, I, I think that they're starting to show us who they're going to tab as their core team for that Young Avengers group. Yeah. Yeah. 
Plus, they seem to love to take Bendis's ideas onto the big screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they haven't gone wrong yet. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> keep filming. And, and I agree with you, Dustin, completely. Like, okay, it's great to get a an Infinity War and an Endgame where the universe is at stake. But if you do that every movie, it, it you lose it. You know, and so yeah. Mandalorian, he's concerned about himself and... Grogu or Baby Yoda or whatever you want to call him. Yeah. And and Hawkeye, we know they're pulling from Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. It's just kind of a, a few days in the life of a guy who's down in his luck and keeps, you know, making missteps. And, and they've got Haley Steinfeld, who's going to play um, Kate Bishop. And yeah, so I agree with you. It's going to be a blast. You, I also feel like, like Hawkeye's been one of those characters where I think they've written him well within what we've seen so far. Yeah, they've never really developed him. Even with um, um, Endgame, you know, they we saw Ronan, but we don't know what Ronan. We we obviously can assume what happened to him and how he became Ronan. But the cool thing about the Hawkeye series is they can kind of talk about the results of Ronan, what yeah. that creates. Yeah. You know, are there ramifications for what he did as Ronan, as he's trying to just nurture a family he thought he had lost. Yeah, you can make it like a Taken kind of movie almost. You know, somebody takes. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, got a lot of enemies now, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Jeremy Renner does so well. Like, I, I loved him in Avengers 2, where he, like, gives that pep talk to the Scarlet Witch. And he's like, yeah, I, I'm a guy with arrows. <laughs> yeah. Monsters, and I'm just a guy with arrows. He's like, it none just of this makes make sense. sense. You just... <laughs> so. I, like his, I like his banter with Quicksilver, too, which I hope as a result of WandaVision, we might get another shot at Quicksilver. Never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, that was, Hawkeye looks really good, especially since they're using some of uh, Fraction's work. Yeah. Yeah. He mangled, What's what Marvel stuff has you uh, excited? You want to go first? Well, you think on that? I, the, uh, well said. <laughs> I can't. Pick. You, yeah. It, it, there's a lot, right? I mean, I, I think yeah. it's it's I, the thing. I thought Feige kind of hinted at, and my favorite personal Marvel Marvel character when he was talking about She-Hulk, he was talking about how there was also going to be with the law aspect of her character that you never know who's going to pop up, and I took that as a hint that Daredevil was coming, which I think is really awesome. Um, and I'd be, I know the Netflix shows and they were great, but to bring him into this and into what they're doing overall, I think would be a really, really, I mean, every, I mean, honestly, I'm amazed at how, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before we hopped on, everything is so well fleshed out and I don't know how they're going to keep the quality up with the quantity of projects that are coming up, but so far they have and everything that they've, that they've done so far, I mean, Miss Marvel looked incredible everything they've done so far has looked great. I mean, Shang-Chi, I'm really excited about. And everything I think they've done is such, such a good job and to bring Daredevil in the middle of all that is pretty exciting. Well, they seem to bring the actors into the creation too. Like I know Brie Larson had a hand in some of the Captain Marvel stuff. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. became like executive producer over a lot of the products. Um, you know, uh, Mark Ruffalo, has done a lot with the Hulk stuff. So I, I think that's part of what keeps it fresh is they're open to the actual actors adding to it. But yeah, man, I would, man, if they keep Charlie Cox, um, 
oh my gosh, the guy from Mighty Ducks who played uh, Foggy, and um, the <laughs> same actress for real? Karen. Why can't I remember their names? I mean, I just I've watched the show like a hundred times. Yeah. Um, they're all. If they, I would love to see all three of them return. Yeah, but Charlie Charlie Cox is been signed right yeah i thought it said that he was coming he's, back he's in the next spider-man yeah that, that's what i thought that was that. a rumor but maybe i'm wrong um not entirely yeah, sure on that i want all three of them to come back because i mean yeah. you can't top that version of daredevil I, i'd uh, love to see a marvel knights kind of thing happen with moon knight daredevil punisher mm-hmm. you know bring that back you know like retry the defenders yeah, right. but not, but not do the defenders. <laughs> no, bring them all back except for the guy who played Iron Fist. Yeah, they've got they've got to totally reboot Iron Fist. That was the worst. I love Iron Fist. I'm, I'm still holding out because the last ten seconds of season two gave gave me the most hope I had for Iron Fist. <laughs> if he was just not so whiny, it might be yes. That's that was the big thing that he was so whiny. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah, it was. Oh, I'm so rich, and I. My hand glows and I can punch through walls. My life sucks. Col- Col- the, the, the actress who played Colleen um, did really well. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he went full Anakin with his uh, Danny Ran and it was bad. Yes. And it wasn't, I thought it was going to be like a Kung, like an old like Saturday morning Kung Fu movie or whatever. Yes. And it was not, or like an no. Into the Badlands type deal. That's right. It should have been. Yeah. It was not. No. <laughs> I still think on the Daredevil front, Vincent D'Onofrio is the perfect kingpin. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I forgot him. Yeah, you, you can't you can't have anybody else play that role. Oh, now. and John, John, I always get his last name wrong. John Ber- Berthal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Berthal, the guy he's amazing. Punisher. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, he's been, they've, he's the fourth person to play the Punisher. Yeah. And, man, he owns it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Reed Richards, uh, what's your most exciting Marvel thing? Oh, man, there's so many. Um, so I, I'll do a second most exciting, and then I'll do a first because I like to cheat. Um, so my, my the second was the, was the trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier just because um, they're bringing in a U.S. agent. And, man, I remember I was in high school when I read that original storyline. And, A, I hope they reprint the trade because you can't get a copy of that for cheaper than 75 bucks right now for that whole collection of the, uh, the captain and us agent series where John Walker takes over as captain America. So I hope they reprint that, but um, it was a, it was such a good storyline of somebody else trying to step in and be captain America and showing that you really need the right guy with the right morals and the right values to do it. Um, not that the character was a bad guy. He just took a bad turn because he didn't have the same fortitude that Steve Rogers did. So having somebody okay. step in Steve Rogers shoes needs to really be a stand up guy. And, um, you know, the Steve Rogers we got on the screen was just I mean, he did so well mm-hmm. at that role. It was like they literally splashed the comic book Steve Rogers on the screen. So. I'm excited about how they handle that series. But the biggest news that I was so excited about was Christian Bale as Gore, the God Butcher. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I forgot that, about that. that is just awesome. Cause that is such a cool character that just appeared recently. And then Christian Bale is like 
one of the best actors that i mean he is so good they literally took a rant that somebody recorded off screen where he's yelling at a light guy and turned it into a rap <laughs> and instead of being embarrassed he thought it was great and hilarious i mean obviously he'd apologize and was slightly embarrassed about it but he just just like instead of being mad that somebody took like his worst moment and put it into a rap song he was like that was just brilliant that somebody did that so i, I i'm i'm excited to see a guy who has played batman who has won multiple oscars um who's done all these great actually like busted acting chops not to knock anybody else who's been in marvel movies because a lot of them have done that um i mean like josh brolin's another actor of that caliber but to see like christian bale as the bad guy right i'm really looking forward to that and just the fact yeah. that gore is such a cool character now the, my question and i agree with you i love that how do they get from where thor left off with what we were just talking about the comedy back to bringing Bale in is a pretty dark run. I mean, I, I think of that Thor, right? I mean, how do how are they going to get from point A to point B there? Well, I think that I think that they'll use Bale and his amazing acting abilities. His character is going to make Thor sober up a little bit more, you know, and take life a little bit more seriously. It's hard to imagine. I mean, Thor had his world rocked by Thanos. It's hard to imagine him yeah. having to take something more seriously than he took that. Um, yeah. But he kind of fell in on himself. And maybe we can see a Thor who at this point understands that he can't collapse anymore. He's got a man up. You know, he's 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 got to stay strong even when life sucks. Well, yeah, that's that's it right there, because that you're right. Thanos did all the external stuff, but Gore could definitely come in because that's that whole run is Gore coming in wanting to do the God bomb because he believes all deities are terrible, you know. So for Thor to come in and say, yeah, I let myself fall apart. Am I worthy? Quote unquote. Right. You know, that's going to lead into Jane Foster and all that stuff. And so knowing, who, knowing who's directing who, and the strong suit is more comedy in that movie. I'm just, I'm partially, partially a little concerned that they're going to kind of make it corny or something. Right. Somehow, because that, that's that guy's tone. I, I feel like, um, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I hope well, you guys, did you guys see Christian Bale in the Ford and Ferrari movie? No, I didn't see that. Yeah. Man. I, I mean, I, I fell in love with another character he did. And he was funny. He was serious. I, I Bale's going to nail it no matter what he does. He played what? Dick Cheney. I mean, look at Christian Bale <laughs> and look at Dick Cheney. I mean, come on. Acting yeah, chops. But I mean, me. Chris Hemsworth plays such a good self-depreciating role right like he did in um the last thor movie i can see the comedy coming out of an unworthy thor and him like almost denying it like what what i'm still worthy you know <laughs> right. i had a i had a friend who said like um they pictured before the announcement bale playing this dario agger you know as an american psycho who becomes a minotaur when he gets mad you know yeah um and and to to I guess it was you know Mark you mentioned so last time we saw Thor he was on a spaceship with the Guardians of the Galaxy right so you got to take him off that ship some I mean you can do whatever you want with it I don't know the sequence of movies if Guardians comes first and you can kind of give him ten minutes to you know spar with Star Lord and then take his own direction um, but yeah with the idea of Jane Foster becoming Thor, which we know is going to happen. You know, 
how do you also tie in God, gore, God butcher, God bomb idea, but it, they've not done it. They've not done much wrong yet. And I feel like they've got enough there well, you to have, work with. So you have the storyline that Thor has given up the rule over his kingdom to Valkyrie. Right. Right. So he's already kind of stepping away from his role. He kind of just wants to be a guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mind being part of a team if it just gets him into the universe and kind of away from his troubles for a while. Right. So he's going to have to face that. And I think that Jane Austen's going to be what makes him face that is, is Christian Bale's character coming back and making her life miserable or making Earth's life miserable, something along those lines. But to talk about the tie-in or how you loose him from the Guardians of the Galaxy, I could see him like 10, 15, 20 minutes into the first movie, then taking on some type of bad guy that they couldn't take on by themselves. And once that bad guy's defeated, Thor kind of going, well, you know, it's been a great run. You guys have, are on your way. I have other business I need to attend to. There's something calling me. Right? You all have served me well. <laughs> so, so, Gary, just before we jump off that, I want you to know that you were talking about comics. So Marvel nice. has just come out with a new run on U.S. Agent. Christopher Priest is writing. Yeah. Yes. And he's perfect, and a perfect writer for that. Because yeah. we're going to see him, we got a Taskmaster run now. Nice. <laughs> I have to check so, some of those out. So Marvel. if people if people want to know, you may not know that the past storylines may not be relevant just yet because Marvel's making new storylines with a lot of these characters. There's a new Shang-Chi run. Right. Um, so if you want to plug into what Marvel's probably going to be throwing on the screen, at least tidbits of it, it's in the new comics. Mar- so, Marvel Comics will not miss an opportunity to, to, to tie in the comics. Absolutely the not. Turtles run starting in January, you know, so... So the last thing I'll say on Bale as Gore is one of the things that you've seen in history is how amazing some actors can. I mean, Christian Bale is already an amazing actor. I mean, I even like Terminator Salvation and half the world hated it, but I thought it was an incredible movie. Um, But it's amazing how like some actors like they really rise above the occasion when it's not their face being shown um, as the, uh, as the character like Josh Brolin as Thanos or uh, um, Tim Curry as the beast in legend or as Pennywise, the clown in the original it on TV, um, which Tim Curry is one of my favorite actors anyway, especially in clue. I love that movie. But when I, realized <laughs> that, that is an awesome movie. When I realized that the Butler from clue was also Pennywise, the clown, it was really <laughs> hard to put those together. Um, so it, or even Bill Skarsgård is the, um, as the, as Pennywise now, it's kind of, uh, it's really amazing when you see certain actors be able to just rise to that occasion and they just become this completely different character that you're like, I can't believe that was them. So yeah, I don't and, question Bale in that acting in that part. I question, you know, if you read Aaron's run, I, I don't know if what if I, I can ever pronounce the director's name is Taika Watiti. Is that how you pronounce it? Is that correct? Mike? How do you pronounce it? Uh, yeah, I think it's Taika Watiti. Pretty. I don't know if he's the first person I would think of to direct that Aaron run. It feels a little darker than his than what he. You know, we talked about the Mandalorian episode, which was the funniest episode of the Mandalorian, the one with the yeah. stormtroopers. And did you see? Um, did. did you see Jojo Rabbit? I didn't. Man, there. It was kind of built as a comedy, but man, there's some dark stuff in that. And he directed that. I, 
take yeah. a look at that before you close the book on that one. Yeah, sometimes comics can be pretty dark. I mean, look at Jim Curry's or Jim, man, Jim Carrey, some of his serious work that he's done and worked on. And does anybody else think that Zach looks like a character from a slasher movie? Like, I literally feel like <laughs> he, he should be holding an axe as well. Oh, what's what's the movie where they this is the date where you can commit any crime you want? What is that movie? Purge. Yeah, there you go. He's purge worthy <laughs> in many ways. All right, I've taken up enough time. Uh, next person. I'll go. I'll be quick. I'm going to break it into two. Movie and series. So I'm, I'm interested in, in um, shoot, I'm losing all right. Loki. I mean, what they showed us with that preview, it's going to open the doors for so much of what they're building. And there's some surprise actors I didn't quite expect or I didn't read that they were in this. And I'm like, wow. You know, like uh, Owen Wilson. Like, <laughs> I didn't know he was in it for some reason. How I missed that, I don't know. But I, I think that they're going to they're gonna use Loki as an introduction or a drive for how Kang comes into this. And, and uh, how a lot of this develops is going to depend on where the Loki series pushes. I almost thought... Um, WandaVision because it's just it's the soonest one coming I'm anxious to get my hands on some more Marvel but um Shang-Chi is probably the movie I want I want to see the 10 ranks they they have filled it out with a cast that's spectacular um the director writers I mean they they've put a lot into that and you're gonna see a I think Marvel's taken a lot of care in this next phase to be sensitive to cultures um mm-hmm. that own certain characters and stuff and let let those cultures run with the development of those characters and their storylines. And if they stay authentic, I think they're going to have even more success. They already misled me with the last Kung Fu project they did. We've already <laughs> talked about it. But even Tim, even Moon Knight has a, an Egyptian director, you know? So yes. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's got an Egyptian. It's there's three major, I, I've never heard of them because I'm not plugged into the world entirely, but yeah. there's three major names that are all from Egypt and they're all plugged into it. All right, Brooks, you have one? A Marvel one you're excited about? Justin is moving in his car. I just want to point that out before Brooks speaks. What's that? Justin's driving. Wasn't Kang like a ruler of Egypt before? Brooks says he thinks Kang was a ruler of Egypt. I feel like I remember that being like a comic event, not event, but like a series or something. It could be. I've read, not like the series, but like, I heard or I read about that somewhere. What was it again? I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. He said, he said uh, Kang in, in one of the series was a ruler of Egypt at one point. Oh, yeah. That's where he, he was Ramatut um, before he became Kang. He went back oh, yeah. to Egypt. He was also tied into uh, Apocalypse. I'm a geek because um, I know all this apparently. But um, yeah, he was also tied into Apocalypse, Ramatut. Um, I mean, his first appearance was in Fantastic Four. So, yeah, he's completely plugged in. Plus, with the whole time thing. He could have been messing around with the MCU all this time and just they just now caught him. So right. Call right. You got more for us? What are you looking forward to? You said he was also interested in Daredevil. I think I stole his thunder. That was another one that he was also interested in. Yeah. I, I, I realized that that Gary is kind of our data if you're going Star Trek or start next generation. <laughs> <laughs> Mention something and Gary can just kind of like just talk about it. <laughs> but can he do it with no emotion? 
Or are we after he gets the emotion chip? <laughs> uh, I'm after the emotion chip. I get and, too excited about certain things. I'm like, because there's like so many references I don't get that when Brooks brings up references, I'm like, yes, I get that reference. Me and Brooks can hang out and talk. <laughs> and you whistle because Data couldn't whistle in the very first episode. I can whistle, but I can only whistle. I can't do the the like loud whistle. I can only do the. Yeah, me, me neither. Don't feel bad. So, I, I mean, personally, I'm with Tim. Um, of, of the of the things that came out last Thursday, Loki's trailer was the one that got me just like, oh, man, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, Loki's just such a great character that he can toe the line between good guy and bad guy and go, you know, all over the, and just be whatever he wants to be. Um, and so I, it, why don't we open up? Some of our uh, our our Star Wars box here, the Pandora's box of box of Star Wars as well. Um, you know, Tim, you might want to do some do some calisthenics or stretch or or, or do something. <laughs> uh, or put on your Chewbacca Santa hat, your <laughs> Chewbacca skin Santa hat. Oh yeah. So let's do this. It, it, Who's up? Now we're now we're into let's let we're going to Star Wars and go back to uh, uh, COVID compliance man. As I say, you you were. You were talking, being more excited about Star Wars. What do you got? Zach, you are a COVID compliance man. You remember that, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was reading something. <laughs> so, <laughs> Star Wars, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, Rogue Squadron the most. I remember playing that game when I was younger. Um, and it's going to be cool to see something focused. Like in most of the Star Wars movies, the space fights are just part of the story, but there's not a huge focus on them. And to have a movie based solely on the, the space fighting and the, and the fighters is going to be cool. And then right after that, it's going to be Andor. So. What, what Zach just said about the, the Starfighter thing, I was just thinking that with the Mandalorian really has opened up CGI and the action we see. I mean, I, I think it's mm -hmm. done some amazing things as far as the Star Wars world goes. It's showing us angles and aspects we haven't seen yet mm -hmm. and i was just thinking that before they made this announcement last week watching um the episode with boba fett coming in and his ship going up and all that happening like man we need a lot more we need to see a lot more of the starfighter aspect of things and not just some 80s retro computer systems in a cockpit top gun and star wars but no there's a there's more of an expanded universe for them to pull from as well because there was a rogue squadron comic series uh multiple limited series back during um the legends days when before Disney took it all over and said, no, none of this happened. Um, <laughs> sorry, Tim, don't mean to rip the bandaid off. Uh, but it was, uh, it was really good. But when I first saw rogue squadron, it made me think, and I might be the only one geeky enough here to remember it or have watched it, but there was a fan film. I used to watch star Wars fan films all the time and it was called troopers and it was basically stormtroopers and cops mixed together yes. and, um, yeah. and they have him on Tatooine and the Jawa is like, he's like, is that the droid in question? And the Jawa tries to run and they shoot and miss him a bunch of times. And finally somebody <laughs> hit them by accident. And it was just like, it was so funny. So I was like, they could throw some star Wars comedy in as well. Like they kind of have with the Mandalorian. Right. Like the biker stormtroopers who, who can't shoot, hit, can't hit anything shooting, you know? Yep. It's hot. <laughs> it was Wookiee skin. 
that, that and you're right and zach that you mean any any kind of like space fighting has been like 10 minutes of the movie five minutes of like not a major component and, and and my thought was exactly what gary said you've got top gun in star wars now you've got this kind of idea of top gun with with you know x-wing fighter so did anyone gary probably did did you read the the novels of rogue squadron Yes. So I I wouldn't be surprised to see them draw from that. And if they do, there's some really cool concepts that come out of that. Even if they only pull a few concepts, there was one called um, Wraith Squadron where they picked a couple of misfit pilots and they became like this um, CIA group of pilots yep. whose job right. was to was, was to go behind enemy lines and develop intel and bring it back to the re, to the rebellion or the New yep. Republic. And so they there's a lot all of, the way all the way through all the novels. Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to see them when they do that. You can't have Rogue Squadron if you're going to pay homage to Star Wars fans. He's already canon. Um, they've got to have something to do with Wedge and Tilly's. Yep. In his storyline, so they, I mean, they can. They've already hit a home run with Mandalorian and given given Star Wars fans um, a lot, not just a taste of what they really wanted to see. And I think they'll continue that with with Rogue One. And that's, I mean, and that's the backdrop for all of this, right? I mean, the the last trilogy was meh, you know, and and that's being that's that's without setting Tim off, you know, too badly. And so this Mandalorian has taken just a small slice of the Star Wars universe and and taken it this whole other direction that that opens up. Hey, we can do that anywhere. We can take this this. Um, and as as Dustin mentioned, you know, without the without every single thing being the stake of the the the, the universe is at stake. You know, you can just tell a good sci-fi story. Yeah, uh, like like the Mandalorian's telling the story of what's going on now that there is no law and order on either side. You know, so it's that's something that people in the world see. Team Mandalorian got. I mean, I'm just excited in general about Star Wars. I mean, I'm, I'm more of a casual fan. I've seen all the movies I've seen, but what the Mandalorian is doing exponentially every week, what Tim was just talking about. I mean, it's growing and creating this world mm -hmm. that I'm really excited to kind of explore and see. I kind of thought the announcements from my standpoint were a little incomplete for me. Like I, I got to have a caveat. I'm most excited about Lando if Donald Glover returns to play Lando, that's to me, it's perfect casting. It's such a, he said Lando is such a scene chewing character if there ever was one. And Donald Glover's a, that type of actor as well. And I mean, I'll just watch that. I mean, what, I mean, he could do anything. The plot can be anything. And I'll watch that. It could be a documentary series where he walks into random bars and talks to people. I mean, him playing that part, I thought was truly fascinating and hilarious to watch. And I could watch that all day and I uh, can't get enough of that. So I'm hoping he returns with that. And, and then uh, if he doesn't, I, that, that, unless it's like, like you were saying earlier, unless it's Billy D. Williams is an older Lando playing that old part. Man Lando. <laughs> old man Lando. <laughs> unless it's that. I don't know how interested I am in that series, but Brooks, I know you were interested. Um, I thought the Kenobi series sounded interesting. Be kind of cool to see what, what he did on Tatooine and Bad Batch looks 
really well done. Even though I haven't watched any Clone Wars, it looks really well animated and yeah. And and Bad Batch is the Bad Batch of clones, right? That's the idea there, which is really cool. I you know I didn't even know that was a thing, but I was like, ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking for, I mean, again, I mean, the Mandalorians just opened up so many different possibilities in this universe and so many characters. And I mean, honestly, the Sakatane show is probably, is probably gonna be fat, you know, fantastic too, because it's going to pick up, you know, a lot of where this ran kind of MCU style and kind of pick that main storyline up, I think. So I'm excited about that too, but it's hard not to be excited for anything Star Wars after the Mandalorian. Mandalorian, what do you got up there? You know, unless you're driving. No, I'm good now. <laughs> I'm good what, now. What are you I, uh, excited about? You know, I've begun saying, what's that? So what are you most excited about? Yeah, I, uh, I'm i more excited for Star Wars than I am for Marvel. Um, I think seeing The Mandalorian, I think they finally have figured out maybe the formula for Star Wars in the sense. They're going to focus on kind of these individual kind of plot lines and grow it together into something new. That's my hope of what they're doing. Um, I mean, Mandalorian, I think is just a phenomenal show. And so I think run with that as much as you can. I am excited for the Ahsoka Tana uh, series as well. And then of course the Obi-Wan series. I, I think what I like most about what we're seeing with Star Wars is even though it's on a universal scale, it very much mimics our world. You know, we do live in a secular age and the Star Wars universe is a secular universe. And yet there's these remnants of religions uh, spread throughout, you know, of people trying to find their way. Uh, and the, those kind of conversations, you know, at the beginning, before we started recording, the fact that, you know, even the New York Times ran an article on Mandalorian religion shows that despite a secular, you know, I mean, New York Times is a secular newspaper and yet there is a desire to explore religion. And so I'm, I think that's what I'm excited about with Star Wars is them to tease that out in the Mandalorian, tease that out more in the Jedi, especially from the standpoints of being in exile. You know, Ahsoka is an exile. Uh, during that series, Obi is in Obi Wan Kenobi is in exile. Um, so, yeah, and you know, uh, you know, everybody's geeking out about the potential Vader Obi Wan, you know, round two match. So, I'm kind of excited for that. I don't think that. I mean, based on the first movie. The very first Star Wars, it seems like they go a long time where they haven't seen each other. You know, so when they fight when Kenobi's old, I'm wondering if they're going to do a parallel storyline where they don't cross paths, because that seems more in line with the movies. I have no idea, but. Well, if you could at least give each other the middle finger from a distance (laughs) in in the series. Right. I I think something. I think you'll see some of that because if you follow the comic books, especially they've had a couple of runs here lately um, centered solely around Darth Vader and what he's doing in the time frame from episode three to four. Uh-huh. Um, he's he's yeah. hunting Jedi. He's trying to rid the galaxy of all of them. Um, it seems like 
Obi-Wan doesn't always have his exclusive focus, um, but he's just ex- hunting Jedi as his purpose. So I think what you'll see is Obi-Wan trying to remember, he's the one that sent out that message to warn all the other Jedi to stay away. Right. So he may be someone who tries to, there's some stories in the comic books about the different Jedi who are still trying to keep the Jedi going, but doing it in secret. So mm-hmm. he may be part of that. And it might be something where Darth Vader is constantly causing that effort to fail because he's just killing everybody. So I think you'll see parallel and then maybe Vader just missing Obi-Wan mm-hmm. by seconds or minutes, mm-hmm. you know, as he's going out the door, Vader's coming in type thing. I'm curious if they're going to tie in all of the little Darth Vader apprentices, trainees that they've had, like the second sisters and the, um, they kind of have a little bit like they brought in the conquistadors and all the different characters. I think they'll have, I think what they're going to do is steal it out. As long as the series takes hold, they're looking, because if you look at, I don't want to jump too far ahead take up someone else's time but if you look at the series they have planned some of them are just tying up loose ends mm. and can only six episodes right right and the andor series we know how that ends you know so some of these we already know how the story ends it's them giving us a story and probably trying to introduce deep developed characters that have a storyline beyond those series and i gotta say i think like dustin said like to me where you where you take episode three at the end, and Yoda says something to the effect of of you know Qui Gon you know has learned to communicate from the dead, and you're going to go down and you're going to um, you know kind of keep an eye on on Luke, and, and that's a fascinating period of time for me, and and to me that I think. Other than Han Solo, who was kind of my idol through the series, the original movies, I liked him. You know, he was the coolest. The whole Jedi aspect is is one of my favorite parts of Star Wars. And so to take Ewan McGregor, who I like as an actor, and give him some free range to, to you know, wander the desert, I think you can end up with a really cool movie. Tying Darth Vader in as a parallel or however they do it, um, that, that sounds pretty cool to me. Do we give, um, I know Reed Richards might be uh, taking a, uh, a break. Um, no, I just had some eating. food. You didn't need to see me chewing. Gary, <laughs> do you want to, you know, weigh, weigh in on Star Wars here? Yeah, um, I think uh, me and Brooke share a uh, brain on this one completely because uh, my two are the exact ones he mentioned. The Bad Batch, um, my second choice, looked pretty incredible because – you know, Tim and I have talked about our love of the uh, the um, Commandos, the Republic Commando series, and this is kind of similar to that because um, the Republic Commandos were those clones that were defective, and so they put them in units, or they were clones that had lost the rest of their units, so they combined them in these four-man units. Um, and Obi-Wan. Uh, I mean, Ewan McGregor, l- l- face it, Alec Guinness in the scheme of things had very little screen time compared to the rest of the star Wars mm-hmm. movies and Ewan McGregor within the first film that he played a young Obi-Wan completely captured his mannerisms and everything else. Like it was seamless. Um, him picking up that character. Plus 
the whole concept of where he is in exile as the former knight who belonged to this completely, you know, militaristic culture, um, now kind of lost all that stripped of it and exile totally plays along with um, the same things we've talked about the Mandalorian with the Kurosawa films, the samurai aspect, he's alone. He still has to keep his morals. He's a Ronin basically off um, on a desert planet, which also kind of pulls in some, um, some religious aspects where, you know, a lot of your uh, stories of exile in the Bible and, and other, um, religions kind of falls into that whole wandering the desert type of deal um trying to find your purpose and your place and he's been stripped of his purpose and place now and is just kind of waiting um plus there was a really good book called kenobi um imagine that named after obi-wan kenobi since it's about him and it's um during his exile on um tatooine and it's kind of uh when you read it it's very similar to the Mandalorian. It's very Western slash, well, very spaghetti Western, which shares a lot of uh, those samurai aspects. Is it canon? So, yeah, is that canon? Is that, is that canon? Tim, is that canon? I, I think it might be, but I'm not sure. But it will certainly allow someone to draw from it for inspiration. Yeah, I'm just trying to think when it was published. And I, they did a couple of books right after the, the transaction was made that established some backstories. And I, for some reason, I'm feeling like that was one of them, but I'm not entirely sure. So that's it. Yeah, Kenobi, I can't wait to see. That's what I'd like. To, I'd like to read that. That actually sounds like a cool book. You know, I've not read any Star Wars books. I'm kind of like Mark. I've watched all the movies, but I've not read anything. But that sounds pretty cool. Well, there's also very few... Star Wars books out there that kind of deal with being the lone Jedi. Yeah. For lack of better terms. I mean, it's, there's, I think you have a couple right after Timothy Zahn's Thrawn run where Luke Skywalker's still trying to figure out how to be a Jedi himself before he starts a new Academy where he's kind of on his own figuring things out. But after that, there's always a mix of Jedi in every book. And I've got to say, you know, for me, you know, and, I, and I've got to go, I feel like I want to go back now and watch Clone Wars and watch Rebels and do these kind of, what the, all the things that I've missed were these characters coming out in Mandalorian. And, and, and Lucasfilms, like Marvel, is not going to miss an opportunity to um, capitalize on something popular. And so Ahsoka's uh, character with Rosario Dawson getting her own series I mean, I loved it. I mean, I was like, oh, yeah, all right. We finally get to see a Jedi here. And and it didn't disappoint. It was just like, you know, it couldn't have been a better samurai or Western showdown with everything. Um, and so I think her character, for somebody who I've never heard of prior to that episode, now I want to go back and know more about, and, and I can't wait for that series to come out. But we, we've got to give... Uh, Kip Duran, the, uh, the, I open the floodgates, Tim. What do you got? Um, I don't want to call them floodgates. I, <laughs> I'm interested in the acolyte. Yeah. Ooh. Only, only because I feel like we haven't gotten anything from the High Republic yet. Like back in the day when the Jedi were first figuring things out. And I've got to think that the acolyte is going to set up a lot of future of Star Wars of, 
what else was out in the galaxy while we were dealing with what was happening on Alderaan and within the, the New Republic, what was happening elsewhere? Because there's always something else going on. That's how Marvel's world is. There's always another bad guy to beat from some other realm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the accolade, particularly now that they've now that Ahsoka has resurfaced, she's got to have like a real mission, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, she's right now the last of the Jedi because we know what the fate of the other ones. We don't know her fate. So she's got to have a purpose. She's not someone who just wanders aimlessly. We've seen that in the episode she featured. She was there for a purpose. So I think that that could flesh out some of her purpose. Mm-hmm. So but I was really interested in the Bad Batch, except that it's, it's CG. I'm still interested, but I, I like the live actor idea of stuff. But then you've got the one guy playing 10 different roles, and that's that's not going to work. So, I mean, I'm sure he'd love the work, but, I mean, that's, that would be tiring. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, I'm interested in, but at the same time, we know how it ends, and it's a short run. I think they're right. tying up loose ends, and they're going to try and introduce characters that are relevant later in the Star Wars world. And mm-hmm. what's the um, – Rogue One might kind of help tie up loose ends too because Rogue One comes in existence at the end of – um, the Diego movie, Rogue, Rogue One, so a Rogue Squadron does. So what happens to them? Because Luke Skywalker joins the squadron, but in this in the books that that they remove from canon, they made them kind of um the premier example of a flight squadron for the entire Republic moving forward. Yeah, and you've got the other show of the Mandalorian Rangers, which you've seen a little taste of them. Right, and they announced. Oh, did you guys catch like? Two weeks ago, they announced that The Mandalorian Season 2 was doing so well that they unofficially announced a almost like a prequel story to The Mandalorian. No, Did I you guys that. catch that? No, that'd be awesome. So I think that that's going to be – they haven't said it. I think that's the Rangers. I think they need to bring back the Midichlorians and Jar Jar, too. I mean, now it's the <laughs> time. It's uh, prime time. If they, they actually back. gave us the fan theory of Jar Jar being like a Sith. That's I, what the accolades about. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's about Jar Jar, the actual Sith. It could happen. But they could do some Darth Bane runs, like, like something like that. Oh, Darth you know, Raven would be great. Be nothing until uh, Zach makes a Jar Jar Binks mask. Oh, that would be so awesome. You I will never. Like Jar Jar the entire time. <laughs> I will never give that creature additional spotlight. No, I think he should I have think died. I think the idea of Rogue Squadron, because it's a movie, yeah, really interests me. Yeah. Same. And, and we know nothing about uh, Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie. We, we, we have no right. concept of what that, where that fits in or what well, it's we, about. We, kinda, thing. we were talking about that before we started the live. And, I mean, can you go wrong? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm all in. I, I don't think you can go wrong. I'm going to step away for just a minute. Go ahead, guys. (laughs) Duty calls. Um, So Jeff Sanders texted me. Jeff is uh, one of us that couldn't join us tonight, and I had asked him what he was most excited about. So um, we'll kind of do it in a Captain Chesapeake way. Um, (laughs) It's everyone's birthday. Um, But no, he said that he – well, first off, he answers with what if, question mark. And for a minute, my post-work brain was like, it's not what if. I asked you, dude. It's not – No, and and we haven't even talked about what if. I actually did ask you. Um, but uh, then I remembered that what if was one of the announcements in the trailers. Um, so what if 
um, Moon Knight and Legends and Hawkeye were great announcements. And so that also confused me because it was all one sentence. What if <laughs> Moon Knight, Legends and Hawkeyes were great announcements? I was like, but they did announcement. It's not what if. So it just really threw me off. But um, so he was excited about what if Moon Knight, Legends and um, Hawkeye. He looks forward to seeing what they do with Jeremy Renner's role after who he became during the blip and losing Black Widow um, and his family. And then he said Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, Ahsoka um, would be, should be great also. So those are Jeff Sanders' picks. And, and we were talking a little bit before we came live, though. The what if, so what if is animated, but it's taking the characters from the MCU. You know, so it's taking um, the storylines from the MCU, which is a, you know, I hope that Star Wars may may you know maybe bad batch kind of like does something like that where they connect the two worlds and the animation i was i, was, I mean I, I should probably should have suspected but it, it's spot on to the actors right who played the parts i mean it really looks like robert downey jr playing it's not like the avengers video game where they were representations of the characters i mean they draw the it, actor did anybody notice in the loki trailer i'm pretty sure that was Black or yeah, Black Widow sitting on that bench. Yeah, it on the on. Uh, I can't think of the name of the planet. You know, in, in the like, world where Thanos left her. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting how, because we know she has a movie coming out. How is Zach seeing? I don't think he can see. You can actually see my eyes if you look really close. You can <laughs> see him reflecting the light. Yeah, it's even more freaky horror movie like though that your one eye showing. <laughs> see they're right there. I see, but um, see, and, and yeah, we, we gotta to get remember. you. We gotta get you out. We gotta break some COVID rules and get you out in public, man. We we also have to. <laughs> we, we've got to do that. But many of us are Marvel fans, and Zach is a DC fan, and so this is his way of making sure DC is still represented in our episode. You know, so the Batman is still there. Because mm-hmm. movie wise, they're not yet. <laughs> they're not. But I have hope. I have hope for Black Adam. There you go. I have that's hope it. for the for uh, Snyder's Justice League. I mean, I, I yeah. think that's going to – I keep saying it. I feel like it. I keep going around in circle on these things. But um, I really think that's going to kind of open the door for more of that storyline. I think timing has a lot to do with it too. In the, I know this wasn't planned when they announced it, but, man, it seems like that's going to be coming out just as we come out of COVID. I mean – it could be the blockbuster that even though we've seen some of this footage already. Time Warner is behind COVID. I mean, they're like, dude, Justice League sucked. We need to figure a way right. to make it big again. Let's release a virus. <laughs> there you go. You heard the conspiracy there, here first. <laughs> there's, there's a comic book story out there that says exactly that, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> it's, in the, it's in the DC world, but it's out there. As, as we're wrapping up tonight's episode, we, we, we realize this is Thursday night. Tomorrow morning will be the season two finale of Mandalorian. So we've got that going on. And we've just heard today that Jeremy Bullock, who played Boba Fett in the original Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, has passed away. Um, kind of a strange symmetry there with, with Boba Fett's new you know, actor playing him tomorrow. Um, but I guess, you know, so, so we're a week, Disney's announcements are a week old. 
uh, we've kind of gone around the room with Marvel and and uh, and Star Wars. So, you know, any signing off thoughts, uh, folks, any that that you want to leave our our three listeners with? Well, it wasn't announced, but in a recent interview with Ron Howard, um, and I was hoping it would be announced because the announcements came afterwards. He said not to rule out yet a sequel to Solo, mm. and. Good. If there's a guy that's like in the know when it comes to movies, I'm pretty sure Ron Howard would have power enough to be like, look. Um, and I personally liked Solo. I thought it was a, I thought it was a decent film. So I was that. That's one thing I'll leave you with is a. Is, I mean, isn't it sort of kind of teed up to do a movie? What one of those two as well? His daughter directed a Mandalorian episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, don't don't forget too that Disney made. 52 or announced 52 different projects when they right. dropped this announcement we haven't touched pixar yeah, right you know chris and, evans and one of the things one of the things they left off because this is kind of comic and sci-fi oriented is tron because jared leto has been attached to it um they've just redone an entire um attraction in disney world based on tron wow you've got to think we are going to get some more of that in the very near future so that might be next year's big announcement. Yeah. Team Mangled, any parting, th- parting shots? I'm excited for the finale of The Mandalorian. I can't believe it's already here. I can't believe um, they – I really liked the last episode, but I thought it was going to move more balls forward. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, it's kind of more character development. They're going to leave a lot hanging. And I, I think it's inevitable unless this is about a four- or five-hour episode. <laughs> um so I'm curious to see where that goes tomorrow, what the cliffhanger yeah. is. I think it, I, they have so many possibilities. Yeah. I think it's going to be really exciting. I think the cliffhanger will be the last minute or so. They're going to reveal who the Jedi is that Grover reached out to. Yeah. You're probably right. I think that's what did it'll you, be. Did you say Grover? Grover. Oh, I thought you said <laughs> Grover. That would be the best cliffhanger, though, if, if Grover's in it. Don't, don't forget, Grover is the last Jedi. Don't forget also <laughs> that there is an unnamed Jedi that helped him escape the Jedi Temple. Maybe that person. Been, uh, maybe that yeah. is someone who resurfaces the last few minutes as someone willing to step in and help, you know, Den Jaren rec- recover the child. Well, we've got, you know, we've got plenty of Muppet character, Muppet voices in, you know, Yoda and different, I mean, you know, why not Super Grover as the, the Jedi with a lightsaber? Don't forget, AT was in was in Star Wars. Oh, that's right, he was. Oh my gosh, that movie was such a train wreck. Such a train wreck. Dustin, any parting <laughs> shots from you, wherever you are now? No, I mean I hope you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm really hoping tomorrow's episode is at least three hours long. So. <laughs> I'm going to be very upset. I'm going to be very upset if it's even under 40 minutes. So too much to do. I would say right around 45, my friend. I don't, I don't think you're getting longer than that. Yeah, I know. That's what's depressing, but I'll probably end up, you know, there's only four hours left until the new episode appears. So plenty of time to rewatch all of season two. There you go. Yep. Gary Wan. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time or I'd show it, but I'm not sure if it's appropriate, but you should look up um, Star Wars Gangster Rap. 
on YouTube. It's animated. It's pretty funny, and it's well worth the watch. All right. There was also the Rap Battles um, Deadpool versus Boba Fett. Yes. Rap Battles of History. But hilarious. Yes. Is that canon? <laughs> yes. We'll just, we'll just Ryan Reynolds right gets now. his way, yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, so we our next episode is going to be on the 28th, um, Monday, and we're going to look at uh, the year in rev- review. It's been a strange COVID year, but we've had things like The Mandalorian. We've had downsides like Chadwick Boseman's death. We've had, you know, so pop culture doesn't take a break um, just because people aren't going to movies. Um, Spoiler alert, 2020 has been a dumpster fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it has. (laughs) You know, and we've got comic book runs that have been happening and we've got, so we'll have, we'll have plenty to talk about. Um, And, and who knows, you know, what, what new year's mask Zach may come up with, um, you know, that's a lot of pressure. And that was a way to end it with a uh, Mr. Rogers. You'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will too. You got to wear a cardigan next time. Oh, I will. <laughs> and change your shoes. I will change. I'd love my anybody shoes. to weigh in with their own thoughts on, on uh, excitement on Marvel, excitement on um, Star Wars and. Maybe uh, at some point we'll see Darth Vader square off against uh, Captain America. Who knows? Anything's possible. Uh, But thanks all for watching, and um, we look forward to talking with you again soon. Bye, neighbor. (laughs) And see.